Welcome to the All People's Church Podcast. We believe in loving God, strengthening families, and developing leaders. We are so excited for you to hear this life-changing message recorded live at one of our worship experiences. Remember to share and subscribe to this podcast and enjoy the message. A few years ago, I had gone into an Apple store and I was just talking about their computers and whatever, and I got into a discussion with one of the salespeople there, and uh, we, were, we were talking about storage, like memory storage, the ability, uh, you know, to store files, information, apps, whatever it is, and, you know, we were discussing how much, you know, hard drive do you really need in storage, and he began to share with me, and I don't know why, but he was, he was so proud of the collection of storage that he had at home. He, he went into great detail to talk about all these terabytes, all these, these backup drives that he had of information and of knowledge. It wasn't, it wasn't even so much that he wanted to tell me about the information and the files he had in there, but he was just so excited with the fact that he had all this information stored. And I, and, I, and I thought about it, that his passion was just about being able to say, I have all these terabytes of information. And you know, my friends, it's, it's a very interesting era that we are living in, because probably in, in no time like the history, in the history of the world, have we ever had more information, more knowledge, and really accessible in a moment, in, you know, just a couple of, couple of finger, you know, touching uh, various apps or, or certain uh, links, whatever. Usually you go to Google and boom. Whatever you need, your information is right there. I, I can't tell you how many times, you know, Pastor Carol and I will be watching a movie and I'll just ask a question about the actor or the original movie or something. And before you know it, she's got her phone on and she gives me the information. I wasn't even looking for the information. It was more like a rhetorical question, but, or, or I was in class, and I was in class on Thursday, and I said, you know, I said, part of Jesus' mentorship, Corey, was that he asked a lot of questions, and I, and I said, you know, how many questions did Jesus ask? And I could see all the computers, over 300 questions, by the way. Jesus asked over 300 questions, and over 180 questions were asked of Jesus, This is just an aside. Do you know how many questions Jesus actually answered? Three. (laughs) Of close to 180 questions that Jesus directly was asked, he actually answered three. I'll just leave that for you. But living, living in this day of knowledge and information, unfortunately, wisdom has not kept up with the information that we actually have. Wisdom has not kept up with the knowledge that we have access to. As a matter of fact, let let me say this. I think that we have more knowledge than we probably need and probably so much knowledge that if we don't have wisdom, we become dangerous. We have some nations in the earth today that are very, very close to building a nuclear weapon But unless they have the wisdom to handle that kind of destructive power, how many know that knowledge without wisdom is dangerous? And so we're living in this day. And so I thought, 
you know what, I want to talk about wisdom. I, I want to talk about the right application of knowledge. That's really what wisdom is, the right application of knowledge. Because you see, it's one thing to know something. It's another thing on how to do something with that knowledge. God talks a lot about wisdom. As a matter of fact, God is a wise God. Really, the, the Bible, the entire Bible is about God's wisdom. And, and my friends, listen, since God is the creator of the word, of the world and creator of humanity, and even as we heard in the video that God has created a world of cause and effect. If you do this, this will happen to you. If, if you don't do this, this is what's going to happen to you. Then all of a sudden, somewhere we, we, we think that we become smarter than God. And so we push God out. We don't want you in our schools. We don't want you in our government. We don't want you in our hospitals. We don't want you in our medical system. You know, we've become smarter than you. And then we suffer the consequences of believing that we are wiser than God. And then Paul comes along and he says to us, the foolishness of God is wiser than the wisdom of men. As a matter of fact, the Bible talks about three types of wisdom. Wisdom that comes from heaven which is God, wisdom that comes from the demonic realm or Satan, and then a wisdom that comes from the world. My friends, here's, here's the truth. Those of you that are watching online, maybe you're watching me on demand, and, and you may be saying, well, I don't believe in God. It doesn't matter what you believe. So you may say to me, well, well, I don't believe in gravity. Well, let me take you to the CN Tower and let me throw you off the tower and tell me if you believe in gravity. Now, unless you have this idea that, you know, you evolved from a monkey and your relatives are still in the zoo, right? But, but that's, that's just, a, that's just a, a lie. That's a wicked lie of, of the demonic realm to get us off the focus of God, who is our creator, has created the world with cause and effect. And so I've named this sermon series Wisdom. Think about it. Say that with me. Say wisdom. Think about it. I want us to turn our Bibles and I want us to stand. The Proverbs, I'm going to go to Old Testament and New Testament. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 5. And then James chapter 3 and 17. I want you to turn to somebody right now and say to them, you have more wisdom than you think. Come on, tell them. Tell them, you have more wisdom than you think. <laughs> so that's a little bit of a play on words, right? You have more wisdom than you think. Wisdom Think about it. You see, I really believe the, the missing link in a lot of people's lives is not knowledge. It's actually wisdom. And here's the truth. If we're honest with ourselves, our lives are the sum total of the decisions that you've made to this point. I get it. Something's happened to us that, well, you know, I didn't have, I didn't have anything to do with that. I wasn't born into this family. and that's I, I get it. But the majority of your life is based on the decisions, wise and unwise. Notice what Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 4, verse 5 says this, Get wisdom! <laughs> Exclamation mark. Get wisdom. Get understanding. In other words, understand how knowledge and wisdom work together. And I'll explain that to you in a moment. Do not forget nor turn away from the words of my mouth. This is God speaking through wisdom. Don't turn away. Do not forsake her. By the way, ladies, you know, wisdom is portrayed as a woman. And all the women said, mm-hmm, I told him that. I told him that. Today you can go home and say, your pastor said, but really, Proverbs 31, the virtuous woman, the excellent woman, 
It's really portrayed as a woman. Do not forsake her and she will preserve you. Love her and she will keep you or guard you. Wisdom is the principal thing. Say that with me. Wisdom is the principal thing. Then he says this, therefore get wisdom and in all you're getting, get understanding. Wisdom is the principal thing, therefore get wisdom. And in all you're getting, get understanding. We're going to talk about how do I get this wisdom. And then in the New Testament, the book of James, James is the half-brother of Jesus. Wisdom goes all the way through the Bible. It's a, it's a central theme through the Word of God, New Testament, Old Testament. James tells us about this wisdom. He says, but the wisdom from above. Now, he's already told us in a previous uh, verse there, that the wisdom that comes from that demonic realm, the earthly realm, realm is, is sensual, it's devilish, it's people thinking we're smarter than God, and then they get into a lot of trouble. But he says, but wisdom from above is first of all pure, it is also peace-loving, gentle at all times, and willing to yield to others. In other words, there, there is a humility. You're going to find that people that are truly wise are humble people. It is full of mercy and the fruit of good deeds. It shows no favoritism, and it is always sincere. And those who are peacemakers will plant seeds of peace and reap a harvest of righteousness. Father, I thank you for your people those that are in this room, those that are watching. I thank you that you're such an awesome God that you want to fill our lives with good things, to live well, to live prosperous, to live in hope and to live in joy. And thank you for wisdom. Thank you for understanding. Thank you for knowledge. Lord, may we apply knowledge in the correct way today. Open our hearts and our minds, even as I speak, may you drop words of wisdom literally into the spirit, into the heart, of the mind of your people. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. You may be seated. Everybody say wisdom. Come on, say it again, wisdom. Paul wrote this before I get into my questions, because what I've done is I've made my questions into points today, but listen to what Paul says, because here, here's what I really want you to understand, my friends. The ultimate wisdom of God is in Jesus Christ that Jesus came to give us the ultimate wisdom. Therefore, you know, we're going to talk in the, in the coming weeks, I'm going to talk about the wise man that built his house upon the rock versus the foolish man that built his house upon the sand. Everything that comes out of the teaching, out of the mouth of Jesus is wisdom. But today we have a lot of voices of people that profess themselves to be wise that are giving us these philosophies and these ideas, but in reality, they are leading people down a dark path of destruction. It sounds right. It sounds good. It's very articulate. It's very persuading. But in reality, they are leading people in the wrong direction. If you ever watch, you know, if you had children, you ever watch the movie Lion King, you know that, um, uh, is it Mustafa? Is that who it is? Mustafa? Matt, Mufasa, what is it? Who's Mustafa? I don't know. Mustafa? I'm going to say, you know what? Listen, by now you ought to know a pastor just makes up names, right? He's, uh, he's talking to Simba. I got that one right. I know I got that one right. He's talking to Sim Simba and he's saying, you see our kingdom? 
You see, we're everywhere where the light shines. See, wisdom is light. Everywhere where the light shines is our, is our kingdom. But you see that dark part there? That dark part doesn't belong to our kingdom. You must never go there. You must never go there. And why? Because the hyenas, and by the way, hyenas are natural enemies of lions, right? The hyenas are there. You, you, you know, don't go there. Don't. Well, where does he end up? He ends up in the in the dark lands, in the place where he shouldn't go, where the hyenas are there. And my friends, wisdom is very much like that. God sets up boundaries and limitations, and he says, don't cross these boundaries. Don't cross these limitations. Don't go into the dark places where the hyenas roam because they will devour you, because you will get in trouble. But what does human nature always say? The moment you're told not to go there, what do you want to do? Ever been in a restaurant? You know, you know when we used to go to restaurants? Everybody, you ever been in a restaurant and, and the waitress comes and she puts down the plate and says, listen, the plate is really hot. Don't touch it. And what do you do? Or I, I don't know about you, me. I'm like, well, let's see how hot this plate really is. And then you're like, well, that's hot. She's like, I said, don't touch the plate. <laughs> Human nature, those of you that... Those of you that have children, by the way, I, see, I think I see my, is that Freddie? Freddie, do I see you out there? And I don't know if Stephanie's here. I don't know if the baby's here, but you're going to find this out, my brother. You're going to find out that whatever you say no to, they're going to say yes to. How come I can't have it? And, I, and they'll scream and kick and whatever. But in reality, if you're a good parent, you learn to say the word no. Parents, the word no is not a bad word. It's actually a good word. It's a positive word. It is a protective word. But you see, because we live in the era of fools, because the eras of fools say, no, 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 you must not tell a child no because you're just going to break their confidence and break their identity. And it's absolutely stupidity because what you need to break is the spirit of rebellion that's within them. Learn to say no. Somebody ought to say amen to that. There are boundaries in our lives for safety reasons, for protection. God calls that wisdom. And when you violate it, then bad things happen. You see this whole pandemic, which we, we know within a shadow of a doubt, this is not a natural virus. It was created, which means that people are tampering with things they ought not to tamper with, and so they're not using wisdom, whether it escaped or they let it out on purpose. The reality is there are things we shouldn't tamper with that we do for all the wrong reasons, and then people pay for it with their lives. Then we blame God. Why are people dying? Why is it? Don't blame God. God didn't make those decisions. Human beings made those decisions. And the reason we live by those consequences is because God has given us something called free will. You see, when you make decisions out of your free will, don't blame God. So Paul says this, 1 Corinthians 2 and 6, However, we speak wisdom among those who are mature. Yet not the wisdom of this age, nor of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. You see everything around you that looks so smart and so wise, all this climate change talk, it is coming to nothing. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, the hidden wisdom of God ordained before the ages for our glory. So now God says, I have a wisdom for you that's actually going to reveal my glory through your life. My first question then is this, what is wisdom? Pastor, what is it? What, 
What is it? In simplest form, if I could tell you this, it is the right application of knowledge. Wisdom is the right application of knowledge. For example, you go to the doctor, you're not feeling well. The doctor says, here's what you need to do. Maybe you need to, you know, uh, lose a few pounds. Maybe you need to start, stop smoking, you know. Uh, and, and then all of a sudden you leave the office and you say, ah, what does that doctor know? You were just given knowledge and you failed the wisdom test. You were just given knowledge. I, I remember when I was having some heart trouble, I, I went for some testing in the hospital. There was someone in, in front of me. Anybody ever done a stress test on a treadmill? And what they do is they, they basically try to mimic a heart attack, but they won't let you die on the treadmill. And so, and so I'm, you got to imagine this. I'm outside, and there's a little curtain, right? And, and they got this guy on the, on the treadmill, and they're firing it up. And he is, now he's starting to, he's, 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 he's panicking. He's screaming. He's like, I'm going to die. Shut it off. I'm going to have a heart attack. I'm outside. I'm going, I'm out of here, man. And they're like, sir, calm down, calm down, calm down. You know, we've got to slow down the treadmill slowly or you will have a heart attack. And so they finally, you know, they finally slow it down. And I can hear the cardiologist. He says, you know, sir, you have angina. He says, do you smoke? He says, I smoke. He, the doctor said, are you going to stop? He said, no, I'm not. <laughs> knowledge. Wisdom. He had knowledge now. Had a diagnosis. But when he was given the wisdom... He wouldn't do it. And because a myriad of reasons that we don't, whether we repeat the past, whether we are rebellious, maybe we think we know better, we don't have the energy for it, whatever. There's a lot of reasons why people don't apply it. But my friends, listen, the missing secret, the, the missing piece to our lives, I believe many times, is not that we don't have the knowledge, it's that we refuse to apply the wisdom that goes with it. Maybe we have to sacrifice something. Maybe like, like, you know, that man had to give up smoking in order to prolong his life, but somewhere he made a decision, it's not worth it to me, I would rather kill myself. So what is wisdom? Wisdom is the ability to learn your qualities and relationships, and it's, it's prudence, it's sensibility, it's perspective, it's sound judgments. My friends, it's philosophical learning, but watch this, we have a lot of philosophers, even like Plato and, and even Paul told us that the Greeks were always looking for knowledge, thinking that knowledge was the answer. If we get more information, you know, I, I have friends today that they're very liberal in their thinking, they're very secular, and we have these debates, and they really believe with all their heart, if we could just educate people, then we could solve all the world's issues. But my friends, let me tell you something, all the education, all the knowledge, and I'm a professor for pity's sake, but all this stuff will not resolve it. Why? Because people lack wisdom, and many times they'll actually take that knowledge and use it against us. Because there are motives in the heart that are not connected with the heart of God. God is so interested in wisdom that he also says this, I'll make it a gift of the Holy Spirit. Listen to, uh, listen to what Paul said to the Corinthians. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit. In other words, the Holy Spirit arms us with people and arms you with a very, it's a gift. It's, it's a present. God says, I'm going to give it to you. Not only is she roaming the streets, calling out to anybody that will listen. He says, I'll put it in the Spirit of God to endow you with it so that when you need it, you can have it. James said this, the same James. He said, does anybody lack wisdom? He said, let him ask of God 
Because God gives liberally, God gives generously, God will give you more wisdom than you desire. It's like a, it's like a buffet. When you need to make a decision, whether it's you heard about Proverbs, sex, life, where do I live, where do I work, what do I do, how do I serve God? The Bible says I have wisdom for all those things. This is your roadmap. I have owned cars that have come with manuals that are probably this thick. Some, some cars now, depending on the price you want to pay, they'll actually give you an iPad. But you know, I, I don't know, I, I'm, I guess I'm confessing all my faults today. The only time really, you know, I get into the car, and I'm like, oh yeah, you know what, I can figure this out, and, I, and you, you know, you do. But then all of a sudden, something happens, and I'm saying, I'm, Pastor Carol, I'm like, hey, pick up that manual. What does it say on this, uh, on this particular thing here? Because I don't know what this button does. Two years into owning the car, I'm like, that's what that button does? That car actually parks itself? Whoa. And many times we have the manual for life, but we won't read it, we won't study it, we don't, we don't talk to the creator of the world, the creator of our life, and then we say, wow, the Bible said that all the time. If only I had listened. If only I had listened. Listen to Proverbs 8.12. I, wisdom, dwell with prudence, and I find out knowledge and discretion. Counsel is mine. Sound wisdom. I am understanding, and I have strength. Let me say it again. I, wisdom, dwell with prudence, and find out knowledge and discretion. Counsel is mine. Sound wisdom. I am understanding, and I have strength. James says this to us, that the wisdom of God is pure, peaceable. It's given by God. He's the source of all truth. Such wisdom favors humility, meekness, gentleness, peace, and patience. It promotes endurance and trials. It involves controlling one's tongue. As a matter of fact, if you want to be wise, learn to control your tongue. James says this little member of our body is set on fire, on the fires of hell. Literally, here's what the Bible says. If you can control your tongue, you're actually a mature individual. We could talk about emotional intelligence and self-awareness that really is connected to our tongue, and then we know that our tongue is connected to what? Our innermost being, right? That out of your innermost being, out of your, ble- your belly is going to flow the abundance that's in it. This is why God says, out of the heart, out of the heart, the mouth speaks. There's some kind of a nerve, an unseen nerve that goes from the tongue to the heart, and when you say things like, oh, did I say that out loud? Oh, I didn't mean to say that. Yeah, you did. It's in your heart. And out of what's in the abundance of your heart, your mouth speaks. And if you, watch this, if you lack wisdom, you don't know how to control that little thing. It's a powerful thing. It can build up and it can destroy and do everything in between. He also says this, be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to anger. So here's my second question. My second question is this. Now that we know what wisdom is, if God created his world by wisdom, should we do the same? If God created his world by wisdom. Now, I'm going to make a statement. It's not going to sound right, but hear me out. God does not have wisdom. God does not have wisdom. Pastor, how can you say that? See, if we say that God has wisdom, that means God's like us. He, he's making decisions. He's developing. He's, you know, he's growing. But in reality, God is complete. So let's say it this way. Rather than God does not have wisdom, God possesses wisdom. 
In other words, wisdom comes out of God. God is greater than wisdom. God is greater than knowledge. God is, God is greater than understanding. He is, the, he is the beginning and the end. And we all, we all want to say, well, where did he start? And where does, no, no, God doesn't have a beginning. God always was. And God is awesome. God is great. This is why we, we, you know, we sing these songs. And I told you, I love, I love secular music in the sense of, I love, let, let me say not secular, I love good music. I love good music, I love good sound, but my friends, there is something about whether it's gospel music, Christian music, when we edify and exalt God, when we say that God is awesome, there is just something that happens in the atmosphere because God created music, God created lyrics. It's, it's to exalt him, it's to, it's to magnify him. That's why when we use the word awesome, the only one that is really awesome is God. Come on, somebody praise him for that. Your dog is not awesome. Your fries and poutine are not awesome. Your curry chicken or chicken curry is not awesome. Whichever side of the equation you're on, it may be good. It may be amazing. You're not awesome. But God, God is awesome. So listen to what Proverbs says. This is Proverbs speaking about herself and about God. Verse, uh, Proverbs 8.22, the Lord formed me from the beginning. Before he created anything else, I was appointed in ages past. At the very first, before the ages began, I was born. Watch this. God is not born. Wisdom is born. I was born before the oceans were created, before the springs bubbled forth their waters, before the mountains were formed, before the hills. I was born. Before he, he made the earth and the fields and the first handfuls of soil, I was there when he established the heavens and when he drew the horizons on the oceans. I was there when he set the clouds above and when he established springs in the depth of the earth. I was there when he set limits of the seas so that they would not spread beyond their boundaries and he marked off the earth as foundation. I was the architect at his side. My friends, listen to me. Wisdom is the architect of your life. You want to build a good life, you want to build a healthy life, a prosperous life, a godly life, and all in between. Wisdom is your architect, the very wisdom that God used to build his world. You know what he's saying? It's accessible to you. If you're saying, Pastor, my, my life is a disaster, my life is a, is a ruin, my life is in destruction, somewhere you have lacked wisdom. Somewhere wisdom has not been your architect. He says, I was his constant delight, rejoicing always in his presence. And how happy I was with the world he created and how I rejoiced with the human family. This is wisdom saying, how I rejoiced with the human family. When, when human beings, never mind just Christian people, when human beings get it right, because wisdom is available to anybody and to everybody. It's literally in the streets. And my friends, let me just say this, that sometimes the world has more wisdom than God's people. Jesus said this. He said, you see the world? They are wiser. They are wiser than the children of light. In other words, they have tapped into something. They have access into something that belongs to God. And many times, God's people who want to become super spiritual, in reality, they lack wisdom. 
You see, it's not wise to go into the prayer room and seek God and then come out and gossip and split churches and divide people and, and talk about people and have you heard and all the rest of it. You, you, you consider yourself to be spiritual, yet you lack wisdom. Come on. The truth is this, my friends. God is wiser. God is smarter. God understands the way things work. God understands the way you work, the way you operate. God understands the, watch this, he understands the decisions that you need to make. He knows the steps that you take. You know, on Wednesday night, Pastor Moses is going to be away. He asked me to, you know, to speak on, uh, on a section of Jonah where, where Jonah, this prophet of God, was given an assignment and he wanted to go as far from God. I don't want to give my message away. He wanted to go as far from God as he could, but you see what? he didn't realize is that his life was connected his destiny was connected to God and God said you're only going to go so far bro and then I'm going to create scenarios where I'm going to bring you right back into order he lacked wisdom not the word of the Lord by the way he lacked wisdom on how to apply that knowledge to his life what is wisdom secondly we just covered that now here's my third question how do we obtain it? Okay, pastor, I'm going to build my world the way God built his world. How do I obtain this wisdom? And I have a slide here. I want, to, I want to show you before I get to that slide. Proverbs chapter 2 and 6. For the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He is a shield to those who walk uprightly. Always, always God's saying, walk right, go on the right path, do the right thing. I'll bless you. I'll give you wisdom. You'll become even wiser, which will cause you to make good decisions. And good decisions lead to better decisions that lead to positive results. Have you ever noticed in your life how one bad decision leads to another one? William Shakespeare said this. Oh, what, come on, can anybody say it with me? Oh, what webs we, well, first we practice to deceive, right? A lot of deception, a lot of, lot of lies. I always say to people, if you, if you tell the truth, you never have to remember what you said. You don't have to think about what you say. You don't have to remember anything because you know that you have told the truth. But you begin to say a lie and then you twist it and then, you know, you tell these, you tell these half-truths. Have you, ever, have you ever noticed, I, I, I think they give a degree in this, how people can tell you a lie but it's not really a lie. You ask them a question and they'll give you an answer and it's like, it's not a lie but it's not the truth. That's not wisdom. Because then you're going to spend a lot of energy on what did I say? How did I say it? How do I twist it? How do I manipulate it? Just tell the truth. If you're God's people, just tell the truth. Deal with consequences. Apologize when you need to apologize. Do the right thing. Get over yourself. And I guarantee you that you'll be a healthier individual. All this deception, all these lies. Now here's what's amazing. The Bible tells us what's going to happen. Pastor Mark, what's going to happen in the last days? The Bible says that the Antichrist will cause deception to prosper. In the last days, the Antichrist, literally, people are going to make money off lies. 
are fooling people, tricking people, conning people, manipulating people. The Bible, it's, it's prophetic. It's right there. He will cause deception and lies to prosper. And you're watching it. You're watching it. Have, have you ever, you know, you're, you're watching the news, you're watching some kind of video, and, and, and all the words are right, but something in your spirit is like, mm, my spider senses are tingling, right? I'm like, mm, that's not the truth. I remember being in the business world, negotiating with people, and, and, and the Holy Spirit said to me, he's lying to you. There's more money on the table. Ask for a better deal. He's got stuff in his car. And I would say to him, you have stuff in your car. He goes, how do you know that? <laughs> I'm not going to tell him the Holy Spirit. To- no, no. I'm just going to go, I just got a sense. <laughs> It's got a sense. My spider senses are tingling. So how do, we, how do we obtain this wisdom? Well, number one, we tap into it. Is my slide up there? Number one, we tap into it because what? It's in the streets. It's crying out. It's, it's calling out, hey, foolish ones, <laughs> foolish ones, hello. By the way, you know what the Bible says? The Bible says that God gives wisdom to the wise. Because if you get wisdom to the wise, you know what happens? They become wiser. So you know what the Lord says? I want you to become wise, and if you're fool, become foolish, and even more foolish. And we are watching this division of people. So number one, we tap into it. Number two, we grow in wisdom. Uh, Luke 2.52, the Bible says that Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and favor. If Jesus had to grow in wisdom, what about you and I? What's your circle like? Come on now. You know, some of you young people, you, you want to be cool. You don't want to hang out with the nerds. I'm telling you, you're going to work for those nerds. You cool people today, you're going to work for those nerds. They're going to set your salaries. They'll hire you and fire you. But, but my friends, listen, who, who is your circle? Who are, who are the people that are around you? If you, you know, I said this, you know, if you're in debt, the last thing you want to go to is people that are broke. Huh? You have a marriage problem? You know, you don't want to go to Elizabeth Taylor, who was married and divorced like five, six. You want to go to people that have experience, that have a reputable record, that have made sound decisions in their life, and you want to inquire. That's my, that's my other point, right? We receive it. We receive it through experience, but we also receive it by learning what others do. Sometimes, listen to me. Sometimes the hardest lessons, and Corey, you can come up. Sometimes the hardest lessons we have to learn is not repeating the lessons of our past and even some of the people like family members that have been in our lives. They're not always wise. It's not always good decisions. It got quiet in the church. Notice that we ask for wisdom. We ask God, and then I already told you that it is what? It is a gift of the Holy Spirit. Here's my, here's my fourth point. We're going to land this plane. This is actually not my thought. It comes from Pastor Moses. And so, you know, it's not a wise thing to steal ideas. <laughs> and so we love to discuss, we love, you know, whether it's Sunday, Wednesday, he'll come into my office, hey, let's, let's talk about Jonah. And I'll be like, hey, let's talk about wisdom. And we were actually downstairs in one of the kids' rooms. By the way, church, it's, it's wise to teach your children about the Lord. It is wise to bring them to the house of God. It is wise to be consistent. Listen, some of you, you know, 
I love you. I'm not throwing spears at you. I want to help you, honestly. I, I watch, you know, I watch. Oh, you know what? I'm going to do it. You know, we, we, we want to put on this children's production, and, and it's fresh in my mind, and, and, and if this is you, um, don't feel guilty, but certainly feel convicted. Um, we say to parents, hey, we want to have this children's production and you want your children to be in it. And, and they're like, oh yeah, we want our children to be in it. And then all of a sudden, when, 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 when practice and all, oh, they need to be here and I need to be here every Sunday and oh, I need to be consistent. Watch what they do. They, they come and they say, well, you know, uh, little Susie, little Johnny, whatever, you know, they can't be in the, in the production because, you know, we can't be here every Sunday. Now, watch what you do as parents. You teach your children in consistency. Freddie, listen, I'm giving you lessons for life. You, you, you treat your children to, te- you know, to treat the house of God like a commodity. To treat God like, hey, I'll come and I'll go as I think and as I please. And, and then all of a sudden, 13, 14, 15, 16 years go by. And then you come and say, oh, uh, pray for my son. Pray for my daughter. You know, they're, they're in all this sexuality. They don't know all these drugs. They're, they're rebellious. They don't listen. They're, all, they're, they're inconsistent. Yeah, you know why? You fed them those seeds. Now you have a harvest. Be wise. I don't know why I'm talking so much about children today, but be wise. Those first five years, Mikey and Natasha, those first five years of your children's lives are so critical. Consistency, excellence, reliability. We serve God. This is the word of the Lord. We, we don't deviate. We don't compromise. We don't cave. This is who we are. I've had to prove myself time and time again, even in the church with my family members, that when some of my family members went awry, that I would not compromise the word of God. You know, we, we have a stance, for example, you know, the word is very clear on same-sex, homosexuality, and, and all the rest of it. People are so strong on it, and then all of a sudden their child comes out and says, you know, I'm gay, I'm, I'm lesbian, I'm there. And all of a sudden it's like, well, you know... Now we got to, no, no, we don't change our standards. We don't, we don't change the word of God. We don't compromise because, my friends, that's not wise. We still love them. We still tell them the truth. And so here's what Pastor Mo, we were having this discussion. He said, he said to me, you know, Pastor, he said, wisdom literature, Ecclesiastes. You can add, by the way, you can even add the book of Psalms in there. You can add the Song of Solomon. Solomon was the wisest man that, that lived other than Jesus. And, you know, Pastor Paul said, you know, it's almost like these books are therapists. They're counselors. You can't afford a counselor. You can't afford a therapist. Read the Bible. Can I give you a practical thing? 31 chapters in the book of Proverbs. Start tomorrow, chapter 8. Chapter 9, chapter, in 31 days, I guarantee you that you'll be wiser. Some of you are like, well, what about if there's 30 days? Read one twice. (laughs) Get it into your system. 
get the truth of God. The Bible says that the word is like soap. It, it washes us. It, it brings us into our right mind. It gives us truth and understanding. It enlightens us. Listen, whether, whether you're going to read it yourself, which is very powerful, or, or you have it on audio, on your phone, on your iPad, in those things that we stick in our ears, get the word of God into you. It's a therapist. It's a counselor. Like God says, not only is my book wise, but then... I'm going to anoint certain people to go even deeper to give you practicality on the things you should and shouldn't do, to how to stay within the perimeter of the light and stay away from the dark lands where the hyenas live. Breaks my heart, church. Every day on the news, you know, I hear about suicides and overdoses and, and, and people on, on, on drugs and, and then you know, people on alcohol, because of the ramifications, I knew it. I knew that stinking lockup was not a good idea. Never in the history of the world have we ever told people to lock themselves up when there's been a pandemic. As a matter of fact, you look at the medieval days, you know what they would say, get outside. People couldn't handle that because you and I are not made to be isolated. It's not good for human beings. And so what do people do? They don't know how to cope. They don't have God. They don't have wisdom. So where do they go? They self-medicate. Where do they go? LCBO. I go to the supermarket. Not that I went in the supermarket. I, Pastor Carolyn went in. And all of a sudden I look up. Cannabis. And then some bright individual says, oh, you know, we, we, ought, to, we, ought, to, we ought to make this stuff legal. Now, now we, got, we got the some university graduate who, are, who is full of knowledge and no wisdom and says, oh, you know what, we, we, ought to, we ought to legalize all drugs. Do you know why? Because the government is slowly becoming the biggest drug dealers in the country. Follow the money. You want to understand COVID? Follow the money. Is it a real pandemic? Is it a real virus? Yes. Follow the money. I have a question. I don't have the answer to this. I want to throw it out there to you. Maybe there's smarter people than me. At the very beginning of the pandemic, the Lord said to me, prepare for two years prepare for two years. I would, I would go on conferences. I would say to pastors, churches, I've got a real estate agent right in the front row here that continually tells me about the, the churches that have closed down because of COVID that will never open up again. The Lord said to me, the word of the Lord, prepare. I would say to them, prepare for two years. They were looking at me. They were like, what kind of prophet are you? This is going to be over in 14 days. We're going to flatten the curve. How's that 14 days worked out? Here's my question. At the very beginning, Mark, Pastor Mark, they said this. 18 to 22 months. What the heck did they know that's going to happen between 18 to 22 months? But you see, the Lord knew. And he said to me, you, you're going to prepare for two years. You're going to prepare the people of God. Wisdom. Wisdom is adhering to the word of the Lord. And even when they looked at me, I know there were places they were like, we're never going to have this guy back because he's just crazy. Yeah, who's crazy now? I want us to stand this morning. It's your therapist. It's your counselor. It's your coach. It's your mentor. 
<laughs> oh, God loves you. I love you. I want, honestly, I want the very best for you. Let's close with this. Proverbs 1 and 7. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Adel, it's the beginning of wisdom. It's the, it's the beginning of understanding. But fools despise wisdom and instruction. See, we, we, we have a lot of fools running around today that are going to tell you they're wise. Don't listen to them. Don't listen to them. And, and, and by the way, see, you know what I love about God? God is not afraid to call a fool a fool. You're foolish. You walk away from me. You don't listen to me. You're foolish. You listen to me. You become wise. But you see, let me give you a clue. Let me give you a clue of how you know who the fools are. When you hear people say, oh, you know what? Those people are just haters. Anybody hear this term? See, the fools look to the wise, and rather than look at their foolishness, what they say is, oh, you're just haters. I want to help you this morning. I, I don't know if you've read your Bible, but God says very clearly there are things that he hates. See, we, we, we always want to hear about, oh, the God of love, yes. But the very perfect God of loves knows how to hate perfectly. And he says, there are things I hate. But you see, when you're righteous and you're awesome, you're not politicized and you don't have agendas, you can make those statements because you're perfect. Therefore, do you know that you, for example, I hate human trafficking, hate rape, hate murder. I hate pedophilia with a passion. Hate it because there's a righteous indignation in me that says, how can you do that to a child? That comes from God. There are some things that need to be hated. As a matter of fact, if you hate some things, you'll become wiser. So Father, this morning, we bless you, we honor you, we love you. Lord, we, we thank you for this York University, these young people. Father, I, live there, I lift their heart. I don't know them, Lord, but I just lift their, their heart, their soul to you, Lord. We have, we have opened this stage and this platform, not so that they could entertain us. We don't need entertainment. But that, Father, my heart is that they would be in an atmosphere where the Spirit of God would touch them and penetrate them, that, that even they would even begin to ask questions, that even as, as, as Corey goes to class this week and maybe they, they talk about what occurred, Lord, even, even give him an opportunity, Lord, through, through great wisdom and understanding on how to share the gospel uh, without offending, without, without breaking people's heart and spirit and, and, and getting into all kinds of legal traps. Father, I pray for that kind of wisdom. Lord, I pray that you would make us all wiser. In the mighty name of Jesus, bless those that are online today. There's no limitation to your, to your power, even through airwaves. Thank you for your word, your life, and your love. In Jesus' name. All God's people said.